Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. of God that we want to look at this morning is Ruth. So please let's open our Bibles to Ruth chapter 2. Hallelujah. So many things that could have happened to uh, Ruth happened to her. I mean, happened to human beings, happened to her. She was once very agile, very, very uh, looking forward to getting married. She was from a tribe. She got married. All of a sudden, she became a widow. She faced death. Death was all everywhere around her. It was such a frightening season for uh, Ruth. And um, all of a sudden, the only person that she knew for a mother decided to go back to where she was coming from. And um, then, if we read from uh, chapter 2, from, okay, in chapter 1, we can begin to see that... Um, she decided to put her life in the hands of the Lord. Amen? She did what? Uh, we are not preaching. We are trying to study together. She did what, please? She put her life in the hands of the Lord. Let's say it together. Which we are trying to encourage everybody to do. Uh, wherever you are, either in, you are in Africa or you are in... Um, North America, as children of God, as Christians, let's put our life or our lives in the hand of the Lord. The Bible says in Jeremiah that I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Isn't it? I guarantee you, sisters, you don't even know your own thoughts. You don't. You can plan to be a nurse. You can plan to be a doctor. Many are the plans of a man. But if God... Doesn't say yes. There's nothing that you can do. We've seen people that finished school on the day of their graduation. That was the day they died. So what are we talking about? Many are the plans of a man. Many. Does that mean I should not make plans? Please do. Go back to school. Write those books. Do so many things. But make sure that your plans are in, in the hands of the Lord. Hallelujah. She decided to trust a God that she saw her mother-in-law believe so much in. So, what is your life telling others? Mothers, what is your life telling your children? What is your life telling the children? Are they actually seeing God? If you say God is a healer, are they, are they seeing God healing you? Did they actually see God? Or the first thing you do is, ah, Bring that Eleanor, or be, before you pray, or you are, they actually see God manifesting in your life, because they, they need to see. The more they see God doing something in your life, 
the more they believe. Hallelujah. She put her life in the hands of the Lord. Life is a stage. And somehow, each and every one of us, we have a particular time and opportunity to be what, that we are given to display who we are. To do what? Display who we are. So who will you display yourself to be? An accountant that is a child of God. A nurse that is a child of God. A mother that is a child of God. Or daddies as a child of God. Pharmacist as a child of God. Very, very important. And by the mercy of the Lord, she persevered. She came to a land that not so many people knew. And you know what? By the time she even came, she was in a land where the, uh, God told the, the, the Israelites, don't associate with the Moab people. Don't, don't even do it. Don't try it. But this was somebody that did what? She believed in the, that same God. Hallelujah. She persevered. Are you in one thing or the other and you are trying to persevere? You are trying to say, oh, well, well, I, I will try and see. I will try and see. Keep on persevering. It pays. With God on your side, you will attain in Jesus' mighty name. She followed God through and through. Ruth chapter 1 verse 16. Please, can we see that? She followed God through and through. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to uh, return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Um, thy people shall be my people and thy God my. Four things there. Four things. Where you go, I will go. So if, the, if Naomi was going to the mountain, they were going together. Where you lodge, I will lodge. If it is underneath the, um, the bridge, they will stay there together. Your people will be my people. Even if they are hostile to me, they will still be my And thy God, my God. Thy God, my God. It is recorded that the more, the more people, they don't, they don't serve the living God. But she said, I'm going with you. So she followed God through and through. Please, as you are living here today, follow God through and through. Don't follow the wise of men. Don't follow what they are trying to do here. Oh, you know, wisdom is, profit, uh, is uh, profitable to direct. Uh, that thing is so widely used and flogged. But it is not to direct us in a wrong way. Somebody saying, you know what, just go and marry somebody. Though you have your own wife or husband, where you are coming from. No, that is not wisdom that is profitable to direct. Don't do it. Persevere. Follow God through and through. The Lord will give you a home in Jesus' name. She was a widow. I don't know how many widows are here this morning. But I know by God's mercy, if you are still willing to get married again, God will give you a husband. And I mean widows. For widows, God will beautify your life again in Jesus' name. You better say amen. No? <laughs> Even, I know it's not you, but say amen for somebody that is in that situation. Amen. She married again. She married again. God beautified her life again. She sacrificed. She had choices, but she chose to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. And what happened? The reward 
she became the ancestor of who? The Lord Jesus Christ himself. Her loyalty to God paid off. Her what? Her loyalty to God paid off. No matter what you are doing for the Lord, it will pay off, I guarantee you. You cannot beat God given. You cannot, he does not owe anyone. God doesn't owe anyone. Hallelujah. There is joyful and eternal reward in serving and waiting on the Lord. Um, Pastor Gina, that's why about some few minutes to say something. I don't know how to okay. I think this is good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, talking about the life of Ruth. The Bible recorded that she followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. And that was one of the reasons she had a successful marriage. And we are talking about her today. Praise God. When they came back, to Bethlehem, Judah, when she wanted to go walk in the field of Boaz, the mother-in-law instructed her, if you read the book of Ruth chapter 2, you will see where she told her, this is what you are going to do. This is how you are going to do it. These are the steps you are going to follow. Now, what does that mean? Before you enter into marriage, you need godly counsel. Praise the Lord. If you want a successful marriage, you must understand the importance of godly counsel. You see, today we talked about divorce as a costly, you know, uh, as being costly. Praise God. And so a lot of people will be like, okay, when I'm in this situation, when I'm in this situation, what do you expect me to do? Now, before you entered that marriage, what did you do? If you miss Sunday school today, sorry. Next time, don't miss Sunday school. Sunday school is very important. Praise God. The teacher taught us, and he said, before you enter marriage, you look, you prepare, you pray before you enter. You know why? Because the moment you say, I do, as a Christian, you are expected to continue to do. And you must understand what you want to do before you say, I do. If you do not understand it, and you ignorantly, or maybe stubbornly, decide to say, it doesn't matter, I, I love this guy, I love this woman, I want to go in, no, 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 no. And then you enter. You do not understand. Then after some time, you say, I no do again. By the time you come back to the pastor, you know what the pastor will tell you? Hey, brethren. You know Jesus is coming soon. Let's keep praying and we hope something will happen. You know why? Because the pastor is not going to advise you to divorce. So whose fault is that? Ruth was able to listen and follow godly instructions. So as a young sister who is about to say I do, make sure your love is not blind. Mm -hmm. Unless marriage will open the blind eye of love. And by the time your eyes are open, you run back to the pastor, we will continue to pray with you and for you until Jesus comes. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. 
please clap, 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 clap. As you that is, um, that's what we are talking about, um, godly mentor. Godly what? Godly mentor. You can pray that God should lead you to somebody that will actually mentor you in a godly manner. Not all mentors are mentors. Oh, yeah. Some people have been mentored to hell. May that not be our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. And these days, uh, we too were once youth. All my mamas, my grandmas, I welcome you. God bless you, my Jesus' name. Amen. All my mamas, they were once very agile before. Before you say Jack Robinson, they have stood up, they are running. But today, if you put me with mama, at least I, I know I can still outrun her. <laughs> I will outrun her. Why? Because I still have more strength. Now, you have strength. You may think, ah, I know, I know more than you, mommy. Breaking news, you know nothing. You have no idea. Oh, yeah. You have no clue. The only person that can give you this clue is God. Through your parents' godly advice. Don't say, I know more than my parents. I got to go. You know, ah, I love that man. Oh, yes, ah. Love. <clears throat> they say love is blind. Daddy Gio says marriage go open down for you. Yes, Very sharp. Before you know it, there are some things. After 20 years, your husband is still doing it. And you are saying, ah, ah, and I married this person. No, yeah, you married her. Him. You married her. Marriage is more than that. Marriage is until death do you. And you cannot pray. Father, kill the husband. <laughs> By God's grace, it will not be answered in Jesus' name. Amen. Or kill the wife. He ain't going to do you have entered, you have entered. But you know what? Marriage is sweet. It's lovely. It's great. Does that mean we will not have misunderstanding? But a lot of. A lot. But godly counsel is good. The Bible says in the multitude of counsel, there is what? There is safety. Our prayer for all our youth is that you will not miss it in Jesus' name. Amen. I say you will not miss it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. A lot to learn in marriage. And you know, every marriage is unique. Yours is unique. Mine is unique. But one thing is sure. If you put God as the head of your home, let the storm come. You'll be able to say, thus said the Lord, peace be still. Hallelujah. So what she just said is godly counsel. Amen. So please prepare your questions, especially our youth. I'm expecting so many from you. Yes, I will call you. When you want to make your choices in life, each and every one of us, we make choices. For example, I choose to wear this today. You choose to wear blue. You choose to wear black. You choose. It's a choice. Each and every one of our lives, we make what? Choices. We have choices. So, when it comes to marriage, what do you do? Make sure you are carrying your parents along in case somebody is trying to what we used to say in those days, toast you. We don't toast in Christendom. Because if you toast at times, you can get burnt. Oh. Go and check out toast bread. At times they get, thank you. Most times they get burnt, you see. There's nothing like toasting. Do you know the reason why we say, if anybody is trying to come and ask your aunt in marriage to tell us, parents, or to seek godly advice? Is because so that your heart will not be broken. Some men are very good in breaking hearts. Vice versa. 
Ah, uh, when I say vice versa, your brother say yes. So. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. So it's not only men, women too. They just want the money or whatever it is. Once they get it, they are gone. <laughs> it is well in Jesus' name. <laughs> we are trusting God that by the end of today, in the name of Jesus, the wine in our homes will be sweeter. Better. Like my sister said when she was leading the opening prayer. Yesterday, the violin took it by force. We are still taking it by force. That songwriter says, going up to the high place. Choir. We going up to the high place. Yes, sir. To the high places to tear the devil's kingdom down. Don't take it for granted. Make sure you are prayerful. You are what? Yeah. It's very, very important. We are, still going to be, we are still talking on choice and courtship. Very important. A man is trying to seek your aunt in marriage. Don't elope. Go and tell your parents. Let them pray along with you. It is very, very important. Are you saying if I elope, it may not work? I'm not saying so, and I'm saying so. You need the prayer of your parents. You need the prayer of your father, the blessing of your father and your mother. You need them to bless you. To send you out in marriage. And say, you are going in the name of Jesus. I will not be told to come and see your dead, dead, dead body. So many things to, that your parents will bless you. Especially in this part of the world. Where they disregard parents anyhow. And it's a fact. I'm an African woman. And it's not a matter of being African alone. It is by Blika. You honor your parents. Abraham said, go and seek for wife for my son. With my people. Your people are Christians, not unbelievers. Oh, but I love, I love. Ah. Mm. The brother that took you, that carried your bag during your your courtship. Breaking news. Two days after your wedding, you will carry your thing by yourself. I got talk. <laughs> Sister Timmy, go ahead, ma. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So one thing uh, that sticks out for me in the life of Ruth is uh, the fact that she was full of faith, like you mentioned. Um, she didn't let her past, uh, she didn't let her past uh, judge her future. She didn't let her past, uh, you know, dictate where she was going to. Um, she, you know, she braced up, followed her mother-in-law, and then she, re she remarried. She got married again, and God beautified her life. And that, uh, that means she was full of faith. Now, as Christians, I mean, you have to be a Christian to even be in this conversation. So it's either you're a Christian, you are, uh, you, are, you are following God, or you are not. So if you are a believer in Christ, as, as uh, teenagers, as youth, as people who are looking to get married one day, your life, ha you need to have faith. 
in Christ. If you do not have faith, there is no way you can navigate life. I remember when I wanted to get married, my dad asked me a question. When I, when I brought the man I wanted to marry, he said, uh, so what did, you, what did you see or how, how did you know he's the one? Did God speak to you? I told him, uh, I didn't see anything. I was just peaceful. I just felt peace with him. Now, I, on the long run, now I have realized that at the point where you feel peaceful, the peace may be peace from the devil. It may be peace from anywhere. It may not even be from God. So you need to directly hear God speak to you that this is your partner. I mean, there's, there are so many ways you can confirm. There are so many ways that God can speak to you. And talking about God speaking to you, God, if you have built a life and a relationship with Christ, God will not start speaking to you from when you are supposed to get married. God would have spoken to you from when you wanted to pick that college, from when you wanted to go to that program. What program did you want to go to in school? This should be from God. It's not so so when, that's why I said at the beginning that we are talking about believers here. We're not talking about people who just do their things on the top of their head or people who just use their worldly wisdom. We are talking about people who deliberately and intentionally want to use the God kind of wisdom. So God must have spoken to you, oh, this is the college that you... You're not just going to go on OCAS and just pick a college. You're not just going to go on OCAS and just pick a program because that program is open. I mean, God would have started speaking to you from there and then from when you want to get married. Because if you have not even built a relationship with God from the beginning or the start of your life, when you get to the point of marriage, you'll be hearing voices. And the voices you would hear may not be the voice of God. So you have to be full of faith and also, you know, be intentional about being full of faith. Like, if you want to be full of faith, you can't be full of faith. But you have to grow in the faith as well. You cannot just be full of faith and just stay there. You have to grow because... I tell you, even if you make the right choices in life, choices for everything, for marriage and everything, situations will come. Storms will come. And if you have not had that faith from the beginning, I mean, you're just going to be swept away by the storm. So for those who have had faith, who has built their faith up in Christ, it's, you know, it's going to help. God will help. As long as you are in the will of God, God will help you navigate every storm that, you, that comes your way. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. So still talking about Ruth, what are two things that uh, I really want to bring out? You know, because the way the people, I mean, the, the way I think uh, uh, daughter-in-laws, the way they see their mother-in-laws, I could see in the life of Ruth that she took Naomi as her own mother. Because if, if you look at it, so many people, in fact, like the way they used to say, if you ask a, a lady, she'll be wishing that the man that she wants to get married to doesn't even have a mother. And you forgetting that you also, you have sons. So do, do you want your own sons to, I mean, by the time they want to be married, that you are no more? No, so you don't wish that for your uh, spouse, to, I mean, for your husband to be. So, but she, she took uh, uh, Naomi as her own mother because if not, she had the option to go back to her people but because she looked at this woman as her own mother so she was ready to go with her all the way and we could see the end of it she was now able to be an ancestor of our Lord Jesus Christ and then also the second thing you know when Boaz started talking to her, she herself, she didn't even know 
that, uh, uh, that people know so much about her. Because the man said that they've heard so much about her, the way she has conducted herself, that she didn't go about following uh, men, young men. Yes, you know, I'm sure she will be like, ah, so they knew. So, like, picking up from where sisters tell me, stop being uh, faithful, you know, you know, being full of faith, it's, it's about even your conduct, the way you do things. You don't just be saying that you you are a, a sister. I mean that you're a sister and you go cutting corners. You're doing other things. No, she was really faithful, and we could see the end of it. So it's just good, just like what we are saying. And then I think even when we're doing the review the other time, Pastor mentioned, you know, the woman, you both of us. I mean, I mean, both uh, uh, both the male and the female needs to be clean vessels, holy. If you want God to take you all the way, so you cannot neglect being holy. Holy living is key. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And that is why, uh, where I'm going to be adding to that, that, um, you know, youth of nowadays, they are trying to say virginity is um, an old-fashioned, it's taboo. Ah, it's not taboo. It is It's still trending. Thank you, Jerry. It's still in vogue. It's still cool. Yes. Stay a virgin. I was here listening to some youth the other day. They said, no, they want somebody that is no longer a virgin. How will they know? How will she, he or she know how to perform? Are you serious? I'm not talking of worldly people. Christians. It is a bad idea. Be a <laughs> Does that mean that if I've lost my virginity, God will not? No. Just like Pastor said, stay pure. Stay pure. Hallelujah. It's very, very important. It's good. It's very, very good. We are soliciting for it. We are begging for it. It's something that is awesome. You will love it. Forget about uh, performing or not performing. Why, do, why are they trying to, to, to lure children into satanism and all these sexual perversion things? At, at what age? At four years. Kindergarten. Please, can you put up those uh, pictures? Recently in some schools... They started introducing satanism into, into, into um, schools. These are children. Look at that. Is a, go back, go back, please. That is a library. You see? They came to introduce satanism to those children. They are young. Go ahead, please. You see them? You see that one on the ground? Go back, please. That is witchcraft. So why not introduce your own child to Jesus? Go ahead, please. Look at one of their grandmasters talking to young children. Look at that child there. I'm sure that boy is not less than, I mean, four years or three years. Please go ahead. Look at. That is a library. Go ahead, please. Look at. A child of God, Kurt Cameron, she went, he went to a, he, wrote, he just wrote a book. He went to one of the library and said, please, I would like to just come and read my book to 
these children? They said, no, you cannot come. Why? Because what you are going to be telling them has to do about Jesus. It's godly. But they invited um, drag queens. Satan, uh, go ahead, please. Let's, let's, let's go ahead. Look at. Already they have initiated them one way or the other. I hope you are seeing what I'm saying. That is a school. A school. Please go ahead. Educating with Satan. The hiding waiting. Satan is no longer hiding his, 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 his priority. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is a school. They just say, oh, we are having a club. Please go ahead. I think the last one. The Satanic Temple, after school, Satan Club. Labata. Sefini. Your child can start a Christian club in that our school. My daughter did. Yes. By God's grace. We worked with the school. We told them. They took time. But eventually they did. And it's still alive up to today by God's grace. Her sister continued with it. We are trying to see that after she might, uh, I mean, have left her school, somebody else will take it over. The Lord will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So marriage is more than all what we are just saying. I'm bringing up children. Now taking, me to, taking us to intentional parenting. But before we go to intentional parenting, do we have any question, please? Yes, sir. Yes, you can. Yes, you can come. Thank you for the advice concerning marriage and I really appreciate it. What I want to ask is, um, I know we have to look at, you know, hear from God, descend from God, but if you are to give us like points, what are good points for a good spouse? Like, if you are to give us, like, you know, if you want, if you want do you understand what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. Um, my question is around preparation. So preparation is very wide, right? And when we talk about preparation, so we don't start thinking about the physical preparation, right? Um, just in details, can you talk about how to prepare, right? Because that's very important. What are the things that somebody that is seeking to go into marriage should do in terms of preparing and also getting that... Um, spiritual um, guidance. Thank you. Okay. Another question, please? Okay, so let's take um, the number one. Point to to know the right person. <laughs> the specification of a right woman. Okay. A right man. <laughs> As the case may be. Okay. Praise the Lord. This is a question that most youths ask, you know, and they're like, okay, uh, we went for a youth program like this, and then both our spouses, you know, and most of the pastors and their wives were there. And then one of the youths asked and said, we want to know 
<laughs> the speck of a woman. It was a boy, a, like a young man like that, asking. And then he says, the reason I'm asking is because, please let me stand, I'm sorry. <laughs> the reason I'm asking is because see all the pastors and their wives. They all look gorgeous. They all look beautiful. And you are telling me that I should not look for a beautiful wife because God has to talk to me? That's a question. And then all of us were like, wow. That's a very big one. Praise God. Now, first of all, the way I will answer this, the truth of the matter is whether we want to agree or not, the eye must see first. Praise God. You have to like what you see before you now say, okay, God, see what I like. Should I or should I not? Praise God. Now, that is by the side. But one of the most important attributes of who you must marry, number one, a child of God. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked with unbeliever. You know why? Because by the time you enter into marriage, whatever vices or whatever negativity your spouse has come in with is most likely going to expand. If you marry an unbeliever, believing that by the time you marry him or her, you are going to convert her because you have become the Holy Spirit. I'm going to bust your bubble. You may not be able to do that. But that unbelieving wife might decide that every Sunday morning is when I'm going to go for party. We have clubbing. My friend, did I tell you I am a churchgoer before you came for me? Number one, a child of God. Number two, the person must be matured to face the reality of marriage. And when I mean maturity, I don't mean age. There are some 40-something-year-old that are still <laughs> complete with me now. You know what I'm talking about. And then when things happen, you come to us and say, <laughs> you married a boy and not a... When you want to marry, ensure that there is this physical maturity is important. Emotional maturity, intellectual maturity. Number three. Where are you going? Does he have vision? Does he have where he wants to get to? What is his goal? What is her goal? Some people do not have anywhere. Some people want to marry because for them, marriage is investment. That guy gets... By the time I enter that marriage, I'm going to blow. If that is your Intention of going into the marriage, you are wrong. Praise God. The last one, so I, I allow other people to contribute. The last one, but not the least. If you want to marry, ensure that you go through what we call marriage counseling. Please, make sure. It is important. You know why? Because everybody born on surface earth was not born to know how to marry. When a woman comes to you and says, this is my husband, is not a good husband, he does not know how to marry. I will tell you, hey, he doesn't know how to marry because he was not born to know how to marry. 
You have to learn how to marry. You have to study how to marry. You have to go for counseling. You have to go for seminars. You have to go for teachings. You have to understand the things that will make you and your husband become one. One plus one is equal to two everywhere in the world. But the Bible says one plus one is equal to one. We will teach you that in marriage. If you do not get that concept, you are going to miss it. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Bro, Sam, come. Brother froze. Eh? <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not showing you your wife. <laughs> okay, just stand very well. Make sure you are standing. Stand beside me. Yeah. Um, now let me just. I want to do something. Are you still watching that? How does it look like? Yoke. That is unequal yoke. It's not the same. Thank you. May you find a beautiful wife. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That is unequal yoke. Does that mean that if I'm short and he's tall? No. We're not talking of that. Just like what she, he said, she said. Yes, you must like what you see. It's very important. But I guarantee you, some have liked what they see. <laughs> some have liked what they see or what they saw. And it ended in trouble. As a child of God, 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 look, God will not leave. Just look, God did not create anybody ugly. There's nobody created ugly. Everybody is beautiful. I can guarantee you. Don't roll your eyes, though. I can see some people saying, mm. <laughs> Everybody is beautiful. Don't let that person bully you in school. Say you are not beautiful. Yes, you are. God made you, uh, I mean, good. When he finished creating you, he said, It is good. You are good. You are beautiful. You are handsome. You are pretty. Have you been told that you are not, you are not, you are not? Discard them. Move away from them. Don't let them tell you otherwise. Look, you cannot be what you don't allow the other person to dictate who you, uh, that you are. When you begin to allow them to dictate who you are, there, there is trouble. Come on, you want to, uh, oh, look at me. I, I don't even know. I am this. I, God has made us either in small stature, big stature, light, medium, everyone. We are all beautiful. Even when you are pregnant and your nose is big, you are still beautiful. Yes. A man woke up one day because the night before, the wife was very pretty, but carrying their first child. So when, she, when he woke up the second day and just looked at the, he, he froze. <laughs> he said, what? What is this? He just quickly stood up and tapped the lady and said, young lady, what are you doing on my bed? The woman said, are you okay? I am this, I am this. He said, no, you are not. Went to look at the picture. Look at her, look at the picture. 
The only thing that made her believe that that was the wife was this bat mark that was beside of the wife. What happened? Overnight, she changed. Omon, the nose grew bigger and the, the, the neck just, he maybe has not been paying attention that the neck was becoming dark. But that night, the thing became darker. And he froze. Where am I going to? There are stages in our lives. There are what? Stages in our lives. We have to accommodate whatsoever is there. People are no longer accommodating. As, that's why when she was talking, she said, you must first of all be a child of God. You may be saying, but when we got married, we were both unbelievers. But now you are a child of God. You are a child of God. Let the Lord lead you. Let him lead you. That home will not scatter in Jesus' mighty name. The Lord we see to it in the mighty name of Jesus. That is our number one, just like what I just did. Um, equally yoked, you cannot. If, we, if an unequal yoke is moving, they cannot even move. They can't move. But when you are equally yoked, you are a child of God. I'm telling you, the person that God will lead you to is that handsome, beautiful. It may not be what you are even dreaming about. I had my dreams, but God gave me the best. God will always give you the best if you will allow him to lead you. Hallelujah. So I hope we answered your question, sir. God bless you. The second one. Oh, yes, sir. Please, can you put it in your mouth very well? relationship between the father because that's that will determine what kind of wife you're going to get hallelujah okay yeah if you want to clap please do and um yes i agree with you but that is why it's it's marriage is a very complicated thing that even if you are 50 year old in marriage you can never finish solving it uh, that's the truth. If we go on to be looking at the family that we are going to marry into, it's very, very important. That is why we said that when you, the God should lead you. Because your husband or your wife to be, may be a child of God, but the parents are not children of God. Is it not true? Now, if they are not children of God, will you go ahead or won't you go ahead? If the Lord is leading you, you better go ahead. If my husband will look into my family, maybe he wouldn't have married me, and that is a fact. That is the truth. Of course, yes, the family that you are marrying from, because there are at times, um, what's it called? Some ancestral causes, some things that are following your, the, the family that you are married to. That is why you are a child of God, and you are prayerful. God cannot lead you to a family that will kill you. At early age. And that is the truth. Except if you are not truly a child of God. Thank God for your family. Thank God for the family that you married to. But how, what of you that you have married into a family that don't even know anything about? And that is a fact. You may not know anything about them. But if the Lord is leading you, God has the final say. That's the truth. The Lord has the final say. 
If you are in the right path and God is leading you, go for it. Maybe tomorrow it could, it could be on your wedding day, your father-in-law will give his life to Jesus. Your mother-in-law could give his life, her life to Jesus. Very, very important. God must lead you. Check out Abraham. When he said, go and get wife for my son. I guarantee you. Yes, Rebecca is from Abraham's family. But I guarantee you, that family was a bad one. Full of deceitfulness. But he said, go to my family. The family we are talking about are the family of God. I don't expect any of my youth to go outside there and go and bring in Muslim. It's not going to happen. Oh yeah. I'm telling you now. Oh, I will change that Muslim. It's not going to happen. They want to change you too. They want to change you. They want to convert you as well. That is a fact. Immediately you marry them, you are going to mosque. Let's be careful. Let the Lord lead you. If God is guiding and leading you, you can never make a mistake. Yes, check out the family that you are marrying to. But as the Lord is leading you, he has the final say. That's what the Bible says. God has the final say. And as the Lord is leading you, the Bible says about... Yes, ma'am. So, wait. Wait. We have not answered, brother, Alex's question. We, we'll get there. Like um, what we said the right time. When Jacob saw Rebecca, what did the Bible say? He has never seen Rebecca before. But immediately he saw Rebecca. The Bible said that he loved her. Why? Because God chose Rebecca for him. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I mean Isaac, yeah. So, sir, we are coming to you, sir. How do you prepare? Once you have chosen, your parents are aware of it. For myself, I was in Portacult. I was very far away from my parents. I was carrying my mother along. But my parents there and there were my pastor. My pastor and his wife. About one and a half years before pastor even proposed to me, I knew he was the one, but I cannot go and propose. So I had to wait. Uh, you better do it. Anyway, I couldn't propose, but I was praying. But who did I tell? I told my pastor's wife. And we keep on praying. We kept praying. Until he went to the pastor. That is how it is done. I don't know about now. Just to avoid a lot of heartbreak. So, I just love that one. <laughs> so, now, I, I carry them along. Do you know the reason? We've seen a situation where two, three brothers are proposed to one sister. It's got a, an author of confusion. There are a lot of things happening. You might be saying, oh, in the church? Yes, in the church. God is not an author of confusion. God told brother A, T is your wife. God told brother B, 
T is your wife. God draws water, see, T is your wife. Immediately you know this is lost. It's not of God. It is either all of them are wrong or one is right. So how do you prepare? After you might have gone through all the things that you are supposed to go through, you have been, okay, you are now in courtship. Your preparation, number one, you must be prayerful. You must be prayerful. There are, you can never know your husband or your wife. Ah, we got to be, six months, we have to be courting so that we can know. You can never know, a, you can never. You can't. I'm sure all my mamas will say, bear witness. You can't finish knowing a person. That's the truth. That's why a journey to marriage too is a journey of faith. You have to be prayerful. That's some things that God will open your eyes to see. And you know what? Even the person that you are trying to marry can hide some things from you. Amen. Ah. They will hide things from you. That's why we're talking of be prayerful. That is what the Holy Spirit, just like my sister is saying, the Holy Spirit will let you know. Is he saying that you should stop the courtship? No. So your preparation, you are prayerful. You are beginning to. Then one other thing that is not that people kick against is tell each other or one another your past. We have seen that dissolve marriage several times. Look, I was once like this. I lived a life like this. Let the person know. You don't know. Whatever maybe you have done in the past can come and haunt you later. We once told a sister she did something terrible. I mean, before she got married. When she started her courtship, Mommy, what should I do? I said, look, tell your husband to be that thing. Tell him. And to God's glory, they are married with either two, two three children now also. Let, no, let anybody come and say, ah, that one, she aborted for me before. The man will say, uh -huh, so what? She told me. Because you don't know. Tell one another or each other, whatever the English is, your past. I was once like this. There's nobody that doesn't have past. Ruth had one. Ruth had a past. These are the preparations. Be prayerful. Make sure you, have, you, you, you tell one another your past. Number three, don't go and visit your bro or sis alone. Ah. We are born again. Ah, <laughs> you have finished sleeping with one another before you know you are born again. There's nothing a single sister is doing in the house of a single brother alone. Oh, I got it. You don't got it. We are in this flesh. This flesh, this flesh likes sex. Don't go. Oh, you know, I, I, I just love him. Take Sister Titi with you to go and visit. We have come to visit. We have seen it several times. 
Oh, I just want to hold your waist. Ah. <laughs> As he's holding waist, he's holding something else. So that when we call it holy matrimony, we mean holy matrimony. There is joy in it when you are being joined together. And they say, is there anyone that has something to say? Yes. I hope that lady. <laughs> you are free. Your heart is free. And so many other things that we, we talk about in marriage counseling. Very important. So, those are major preparations. Hello, we are us in Jesus' name. Yes, sir, you wanted to say something. Yes. Please, can you put it in your mouth? Okay. So are you saying that there's a particular man for a particular lady? Are you saying that there's uh, a lady set for a man or a man set for a lady? Is God going to tell you exactly who you're going to marry? Because me, personally, I don't believe that. I believe that God will always show you what he's going to do. If you marry this lady, this is what is right. But for me, personally, as an experience for me, for every woman I dated back then, God showed me, okay, this is what's going to happen. Are you ready? Are you ready to take this or not? Feel me. So, it still boils down. Uh, is somebody raising their hand? Okay, so please give it to her, please. From what you asked my is God leading you to a particular person? I did say the way I'm going to use myself as an experience. And I think when I know my husband, when even when we meet, I don't do, I've known him, but I just like, I don't like this kind of person. <laughs> but like the mention, godly mentor. And I thank God today, over, we've been together for almost 18 years. And it's God. There was a, my mentor then told me like, even every other person is telling you, this person is God choosing for you. Did you hear God speak to you about it? And that alone, that word, she told me, you have to go pray. You have to get a word from God. Because this journey is not, <laughs> it's not a child's play. That that word, anytime there is crisis, you go back to that word. And I'm telling you, for me to wait over 13 years, and you know you didn't even tread that path that will make you to wait, it's something that is very hard. But I will tell you anytime, the word the Lord gave me, I didn't understand until after five years that this is what the Lord meant. Because I had people saying things, but I stand upon that word. And I will say, if it has not been for that word, maybe I will have done things differently. The joy when God answered me is I was able to wait upon that word. The joy is not even that I, I said, God gave me a child, but I have the joy that I could tell anybody that God, I waited on the word the Lord gave me. And God compensated me for waiting upon that word. Exactly. You want to clap? Let's clap, let's clap. And you know, 
That is perseverance that we were saying about roots, isn't it? Bro? Yes. The reason why I'm saying so is God still led you. No matter. You said, yeah, God still led you. To that particular sister. I'm not saying God did not lead To that particular sister. She's outside there. Pastor God, want to say God something. Okay. We don't have much time. Is there a particular person for every individual? The answer is yes. There's no either or about it. It doesn't matter what you believe or what you don't believe. There is a particular person God has prepared for you. You can decide that this person God has prepared for me, I don't want. That person will not be stranded. Do you understand? God will lead the person to another person that's even better than you. Do you understand? But for every individual, God has prepared someone for you. Seek the face of God. It's not a trial and error. I mean, God will ensure that for everyone of you. You see, the fact is that's why he gave us what is called a will. There's a will. But your disobedience will not truncate God's plan. For every man. You see, that's why the first thing to do, you want to get married, is to do what? Pray. After you pray, open your eyes. And the other thing I want to say is that there are many sisters here. They are looking for a husband from uh, Akwaibom or from Pakistan. Your husband is in the church. There are many brothers here. They are looking for their husband from, uh, from, uh, from where? Afghanistan. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? The first thing to do is to do what? Pray. And then open your eyes. There could be deception could come across your way. But if you are prayerful, God will make sure that you don't do what? You don't make a mistake. Again, I will answer. Because well, let's not give room for... We are, we are talking about the things of God. When a wife was going to be chosen for Isaac, that man, his father's uh, servant, told God... These are the things I want to confirm the person you have chosen for my master. Why didn't somebody else come? Because there was someone God had prepared. It's very important. There is a man for every woman. There is a woman for every man. There are repercussions for disobedience. God can never be stranded. That is very important. Amen. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. So, prayer, we cannot overdrive it. Just like uh, our sister said there, there is a word for everybody. Please, very important. I uh, will just quickly run through intentional parenting, especially here that we are, our time is fast spent. Please, let's bring up our children in a godly way. In a godly way. The Bible says, teach, raise, I mean, teach, train up a child in the way he should go. We say it often, but at times we don't do it. Train. What does it mean to train? To lead that child in the right way. Your child is going. Your child took you put a dollar on a table and that child say, oh, just, you, you, you just take it just like that and it's going. 
Call that child back. Put that money down. It's not yours. Don't say we are in Canada. Canada is not heaven. Before you know it, that child will be taking things in the school that you are not aware of. Put that money back. Oh, mommy, but I found it. You did not find it. Um, finders, keepers. No, finding is not keeping. Did you work for it? You begin to tell them the, 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 the meaning of hard work. You don't just take, I'm telling you, I don't know if you have found, in Nigeria, you can find one naira on the, on the ground. You can't find one cent here. They keep their money very well. You don't just allow a child to start stealing in the name of it is liberty. No. You put rules on the ground. You lay down your rules and you, they, they, they work with it. Either you are living in Nigeria or you are living in Canada. Intentional parenting. Many parents are afraid of their children these days. Because I don't know what they will go and say in school. Oh, I don't want my children to be taken away from me. If you train them in the way they should go they will not depart from it. Oh, yes. Do you spank your children? Don't use the word beat. I will beat you. Don't use that word. Beating has different meaning here. Because beating here means that you are going to kill that child. I am going to spank you. And you know what? I will spank you hard. Did you spank your children, pastor? I did. And I brought, I gave back to them here. We brought one from Nigeria and we spanked them. That is a fact. I still told one this morning. <laughs> Don't let me finish it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so when we, when we go to mall, you will see the way some children behave. They will go into this, they will go into that. Ah, once I begin to say my Yoruba like this, and I begin to tell them, ah, by the time you get home, in nothing on Lenny, there is fire on the mountain for you. You train them, you let them know. Because sooner or later, they will grow up as well and they will become parents. And what did the Bible say in that? What is that Bible passage? Proverbs 13. Please, can we see that place? It's very, very important. Those, our children, all our children, all, our, all the ones that are coming by the mercy of the Lord, they will do well in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Look at it. Okay. He that spared his rod hated his son, but he that loved him chasteneth him betides. I tell my children, in those days, our former... Um, PM. I said, look, he cannot arrest me for anything. I am answerable for God. I'm answerable to God. There are things that you, you can take from them. Go and face the world. Me, it was my Yoruba language. They know what it means. Go and stood down. It is in my language that we say it. Oh yeah? Go and do it. You have to train them. What is bad is bad. It has no true name. It is bad. Sister. Say one thing, please. Praise the Lord. 
like what uh, mommy is saying, you know, I would just want to take uh, from my own personal experience with my daughter. You know, because the way it is, you don't allow these children now to be the, the, I mean, the ones that are now, yes, dictating for you. Thank you, ma. Yes, you, they don't dictate for you. Or even with my son, there was a time he was trying to uh, be so close to one girl that I don't really like. You know, and this is something that we really need to be able to put our feet on the ground that this person don't go close. You know, because when I was now saying it that Moburo, so he, he was now even asking that quite kind of question in a general uh, uh, gathering that is it good for your mommy to be saying that uh, she's wicked? I, I stood up, thank God I was there myself. I said, yes, that what I want is what I want. You are not going to be the one that will be dictating for me. So it's very, very important as parents, because as it is, we have more experience. I think mommy was talking about experience. You know what is good for those children. And then, you know, you don't say because you love them, just like this uh, scripture that we are talking about. Even because of the love that you have for them, that's the reason why you should be able to correct them. By the time you say you love them too much, you cannot say no to them, then there is a problem. What is good, you, you can encourage. But what is bad, you say no, and your no is no. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So I'm just going to add a few things because I know I'm a learner and I, have, I still have young kids. So um, I know that with children, it is always intentional parenting with them. You have to be intentional. You have to even first know yourself before you can know your children. And what I've learned over time is if you have four children, they all have keys to their lives. They, you are going to parent four different characters. characters. Exactly. You're going to do that uh, to them. So it is not what works for Amy that's going to work for Asha. They might see it and say, oh, mommy, you, you do this for Asha. You do it. They are telling you that, oh, mommy, maybe Asha is your favorite. They usually tell my brother that, mom, Asha is your favorite. No, because Asha is different and I treat her differently. I don't treat her the way I treat Amy and Anna. So, and there's another thing, aside being intentional about parenting them, one has to be consistent. If today I tell you, when you get there, you sit down. You don't stand up. They sit down and they don't stand up. The next day they are going there, they are standing up. And then, okay, I just, you know, allow them to stand up. The third day they are going there, they will stand up. They will not sit down. Because you are not consistent in what you are putting in their lives. So if you are consistent, if you get there, you sit down. They will try you. Children will always test you. They will always want to see maybe mommy would, you know, mommy would, uh, you know, allow us, give us a bit of allowance. If they go back the next day and they stand up and you tell them, sit down there, that is what I said. They will sit there. If they're going back there the third day, they will sit down. Aside being uh, consistent as well, we also need to model uh, our lives to them. What do they see you do? Do they see you every time you're on the phone gossiping? What are you doing on the phone with your friends? What, when your friends come in to meet you, what are you discussing with them? Are you discussing about Sister... Um, You're discussing about Sister Titi. You're discussing about Sister Onida, what Sister Onida did. That is what they will grow up to do. It is because it's what you have modeled to them. So for those who want to model, want to be role models, you can't just be a role model. You have to have skills yourself. You want to be a role model to a child, 
what skills do you even have? What knowledge do you even have to give to that? You cannot give them what you don't have. So you yourself have to, uh, you know, equip yourself with skills. You have to equip yourself with knowledge. So I know I personally have a parenting coach. I have someone I go back to. Aside having the Holy Spirit, I have a coach that parents me. For marriage, I have a coach. So it is something that I want to be intentional about, and that is why I have a coach. That is why I read books about parenting, and that is why I'm, you know, I, I don't just sit down. I, I learn every day. What are you going into the internet to do? What, parental restrictions in my house is everywhere. Like, I don't want to be in the kitchen and then one minute you have, you're already watching what you should do. In fact, they already know. So as, as, as Christians, as children of God, what are you modeling to them? It is very important and have that knowledge. Then one thing that also helps that I know with children is giving them routines. This is what you are doing. At 7.30, you are in bed. 7.30 p.m. I don't see any reason why you'll be up by 8 p.m. What are you doing? You are going to school the next day. I know so they will drag their feet. When it's 7.30, you go to bed. But they will drag their feet, do everything. Mommy, especially uh, my first daughter, she will whine and whine. But at 7.30, you have to be in bed. They will drag feet until about 8 p.m., which is good for me. Now there is something, in, I've told them now that because you drag your feet up until 8 p.m. and I want you to sleep at 7.30, your new bedtime is 7 p.m., mama. Like, it must be 7 p.m. 7 p.m., you are in bed. When you get up in the morning, what is the first thing you do? If you call any one of them and ask them, what do you do first in the morning? They will tell you they pray to God. The next thing they want to do is to brush their teeth. And then they come out to greet. So there's, for routines, it works well. With, if, they, if you still have uh, children who are just growing up in the formative ages, it works for them a lot. Amen. Those that are teenagers, too, for things that you can, you know, um, inculcate or imbibe in their lives. It will still work and grow up with them. And I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our time is fast spent, so we're just going to talk briefly on intentional wifing, according to our mommy. That is being a good wife. Praise God. Now, our case study is from somebody like Sarah. Sarah. The Bible recorded that Sarah called Abraham my Lord. Praise the Lord. That means she was submissive. Because if you look at it very well, what is the role of a wife in the life of the husband? The Bible says that he created us to be help meets. You are supposed to make the life of that man easy and simple. Do not be a knife. Be a wife. And who is a wife? A wife is a helper. A wife is a support system. A wife is a prayer minister. A wife is an encourager. That is what you are supposed to be. If I ask most of our wives here, what do you call your husband? James? Paul? Matthew? Mark? Eh? <laughs> Praise the Lord. You need to have a pet name for your husband. Yes. Yes, you call Shehi. Your children will follow suit. Yes, I've seen a home where a wife calls the man Mark, and all the children calls him Mark. You know why? Because the children learn from what you do. A lot of times they don't learn from what you say, they learn from what you do. You are supposed to be submissive. These husbands are our crown. 
They are our head, whether you like it or not. If you do not have a husband, you are a headless woman. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's the Bible that said it too. They are our head. And what do we do? We respect them. We love them. And we encourage them. Men also love words of encouragement. They also love to be admired. When your husband finishes dressing in the morning, you look at him and say, oh boy, I hope no baby still seeing you outside. You are handsome. Amen. These are the things that we are supposed to do as women. And believe me, you will be a good wife and your husband will love you. Praise the Lord. And please, husband too, love us. <laughs> husband, love us. Please, if you are sitting beside the man, say, husband, love them. <laughs> now, for the singles. You are not yet married. Jesus is your husband. Make sure you obey him. Okay? Very, very important. As we are rounding now, um, every home is unique. Um, and we trust God that God... Sorry for taking much of your time, but I hope you have been blessed. Um, we are trusting God that no home will be in calamity in Jesus' mighty name. And if there is any... We are asking that God we have mercy in Jesus' mighty name. And we are praying for all our youth. You still have, uh, you have some things to do. You, you are asking God for your husband or your wife. God will lead you in the mighty name of Jesus. So uh, here we are submitting our, our cases. So I want to thank God for Pastor Gina. I want to thank God for Sister Demi. I want to thank God for Dickness Idakolo. God bless you all in Jesus' name. Please come and help us pack this place. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.